Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We are coming at you live Monday, November 8th in the AM, up bright and early, listening to this week's episode covering so much topics. I had a short list of them listed out here to, to cover in the introduction. I don't even think it makes sense to cover them in the introduction. They make no sense as to how we were able to cover these different things in one episode. The whack versus wisdom had me crying laughing. Uh, we get into John spills the beans on a secret as a result of him not being on, or him being honest and actually sharing that he really doesn't enjoy taking that first step of beginning to work on sales in his business. Like when you sit down to work on something and you just don't want to take that initial action. And we really pick that apart, which leads us down a really interesting rabbit hole with regards to how to really optimize your time and time management and essentially the argument that less is more, you know, doing more can actually result in your ability to have more time off, which is kind of a paradox, but I would really, really, really be curious to hear what you guys think of that when I discuss that on the podcast with regards to what John said, particularly interested on your feedback there. And as always, you can find out more information about what type of stuff we talk about on the podcast on Instagram, where we post short clips there, and also on YouTube. On Instagram, you can find us at the Weekly Call Pod, and on YouTube, just by searching the Weekly Call Podcast. And as many of you know, brand new last week, we rolled out our Patreon feature, which we are so, so overwhelmed and just feel so grateful for all of the support we've received so far. Our top tier is filling up way faster than expected. As we mentioned earlier, we can only usually work, we're thinking with about 10 to 15 people in that upper tier, and we're nearing that gap right now. So we've just had some amazing interactions with those people that have joined so far. Of course, there's two tiers. There's the weekly callers, the basic level, show some support, get an early access to episodes. And then the up tier, upper tier where you have interactions with John Ammer and I, a group chat with all those people in that tier, otherwise known as the weekly ballers. And both of those tiers are currently available for subscription, which you can find in the link tree in our Instagram bio. So if you have any questions or comments about any of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, please do not be shy to reach out, interact with us there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Weekly Call. We just had the biggest... Uh, Oh, just the worst lead up to this introduction where we couldn't get our lives together. But here we are. It is episode 127 of the Weekly Call podcast. It is week two 
of having our Patreon open for subscription, which we are so excited to start delivering value for. We have uh, a bit of a different geographical arrangement here. So we got Ammer out in Austin, Texas. Shout out Elise for joining the Patreon. Yo, Elise, this is the first day we've had the Patreon. She's also a weekly baller. Yeah, she Elise is. Elise is our first top tier member. So Elise, round of applause for Elise. Elise Alston. Member. We're, we're, first we're, top she's tier gonna member. She's going to be in the group chat with us. She's going to we're going to she's going to have all of our time. So yeah, she's going to get tremendous package. value here. She's got it. Um so excited to work with our first top tier member. We also have a a, a lower more casual tier that's um that's with some more basic stuff and 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 we really encourage you guys to go check that out. Um, so we got Amer out in, in Austin, Texas here. Now, Austin, yes, sir. Amer's down in the South. Yeah. Uh, Austin, myself, is in Kingston, Ontario, and John's in Kelowna, BC, as per usual. So John's John's not anywhere geographically different this week. But um, so Amer, what are you doing out there in Austin? Yeah, so the idea sprung up like a couple of months ago. Uh, it actually came up on this podcast where we're like, yo, boys, let's yeah. go to Austin, Texas. There's like crazy property here. I'm staying in a four-bedroom Airbnb with like three bathrooms. And it's like, I think 2,500 square feet. Can you guess? And it's 10 minutes from downtown. Can you guess how much this place costs? $600. To buy? Oh, wait, Hold Canadian on. or U.S.? No, no, I'm saying like to buy this property. How much do you think it'll okay. cost? Uh, when was it it's 10 minutes downtown austin texas is it brick no, but like how new is, is the building is my question oh how how oh how new metal well, roof stucco what, what, really yeah it's metal roof actually yeah and this is a yeah. stucco inside how many acres I, I don't know the acreage but giant backyard okay i'm gonna go ahead and say four hundred thousand us so it was say... Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, Austin, give us your guess. I was going to guess 650 Boom! $650,000. That's why. Austin, Austin, Texas. Just a shot. I mean, it's it's just like... I knew, I knew nothing, but yeah. Oh, I guess, US, like, I guess... US or Canadian? I said US. I said he said US. He said US. He said US. Okay. But Austin here's the thing. Austin, man. So, so, you know, we were talking like, yo, what would it look like to live, to have like, you know, I want to live in multiple locations in my life. I don't want to just be stuck in Toronto. Like in the winter, I want to have access to like other more, you know, other areas. So, you know, this is obviously in the future, but it's, it's good to test out these things. So I'm like, oh, Austin, Texas, they have, you know, open carry. You can walk down the street with a 50 cal sniper rifle if you want to. And uh, yeah, enjoy the sights of the city. So have, you so, seen, have you experienced that yet? Like people walking down the street with like a... Uh, well, like there's, a guy, a there's a guy who had like a revolver and a cowboy hat, but like on his belt, he had a revolver. Yeah. 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 They're just like walk, walking jealous. about and during the day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful out here. And uh, I'm here living with uh, James and Riley, James Fedick and Riley Oikel for the Ooh, whole month. Yeah. Yeah. So for Previous, 28 days. One of the first guests we had on the podcast, Riley Oikel. That's yeah. Awesome. And, it, and we got to get James on, man. We should get him on while you're with him. That's a great idea. I'll, I'll, I'll open yeah, it to him. Yeah. He's an extremely focused individual. So I don't know if it lines up with his goals. And if it doesn't, he won't do it. But if it does, he'll be on. That's actually, okay. That's respectable. Oh, dude. He's so focused. You have no idea. He's insane. So he would actually say, like, if you were like, hey, you should come on the podcast while we're living together in Texas for a month. He would say, sorry, that doesn't align with my goals. 
Uh, it's just like, that's just like not part of the focus. Like I'd rather just spend time with you. Um, uh, like talking with you, you know? Right. right. I love that. That's kind of like the, you know, have you guys ever met someone who actually can like, no, have you guys ever met someone that can successfully respectfully decline a gift? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's very few people though, but like my grandmother's one of them and she's a gangster. Like if you try and give my grandmother a gift that like, I almost just do it out of shits and giggles. I try and buy her something that I know she's not going to like, just because I just, I love that she just can't (laughs) take it, but she'll be like, Hey, you know, like, Gee, I really appreciate this gift. It looks it looks awesome. However, I'm not going to get any use out of this, and I would feel bad if I took this from you because it would deprive you of giving this to someone who actually would use it, basically, right? And I'm like, grandmother, you gangster. Wow. Right? Yeah. Damn. By the way, James told me to tell you guys that you suck for not coming down here because he was really looking forward to meeting you guys. But uh, oh, okay. and that was the plan. So you know, you you probably heard us talking about us meeting in Texas. But here's and the thing: we didn't oh. even consider. You know, we're going to another country. So it's like a whole different logistical nightmare for John and Austin because you guys got to be out there knocking on doors as soon as you're back. So it didn't make sense. So we're meeting now. instead yeah. in Quebec City in December. Um, but you guys are missing out. This yeah. is so beautiful. We're going to go to an outdoor gun range. We're going to oh, go man. to a football so game. Jealous. We're going to go tailgating. Um, yeah. Pretty, so pretty, there's pretty there's actually quite a bit that is in, in James's focus then. Like hmm? as far as <laughs> not at all, actually. No, I uh, I would disagree. He he takes um. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, I'm okay, just kidding. Yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. who says I suck, I, I'm gonna take a shot back. Yeah, yeah, perfectly, perfectly. Um, question. Okay, on the on the same on the same line. Uh, you know, you're, when you're talking about how you know houses, okay. Primary residence. Uh, where would that well, be? It, well, it occurred to me that it seems like well. Amor, you place almost no value on a primary residence in the sense that, like you, you know, you clearly have the means to buy a primary residence. You chose not to. Correct. Okay. Austin. So, yeah, I am currently in the stages of buying a a, a, a primary residence, and I've chosen to do so because where I live the property prices are going up noticeably each year and I want to live there for the rest of my life or at least the foreseeable future. And I'm really tired of paying down someone else's mortgage and it works out to be a certain percentage of my yearly income that it makes sense to put towards that. Like it, it, it's a small enough amount so that I'm not like kind of spent on a personal income or a, a primary residence. Sorry. Yeah. I've just, I've, I've made that decision. You know what? I know to a certain extent that, the money that I put into buying a primary residence could maybe generate more wealth elsewhere. I, I, I'm open to that conversation. I just, it just depends on your actually, goals though. I just like, actually you want, you I just know? actually it want to. a house. Like Perfect. Okay, that's my, that's kind of my reason. I don't, and I don't know what you guys think of that, but like, Dude, if you have the an means and you understand like what, what the cost of that and you're okay with paying that price. Yeah. But it's all really matters. But like for the last four years, I've just like, you know, invested it in stuff and like it's gone well, but it's going to, that's made more money than my primary residence is going to make. Right. So like well, I maybe. have to consider that. Yeah, you're right. No, no, maybe. I mean, I mean, forced appreciation is one route where I do some work to the house, but like, you know, just banking on appreciation is what I find most people talk about their property doing, which is kind of just to a certain extent chance you know there's research that goes into it but a little bit of chance yeah 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 
So I, I prefer anyway. to be mobile, man. Like, you know, that's kind yeah, of I don't, Amber, I don't I don't see you as the type of guy who would just outright buy a house and live in. Like, I just don't oh. even, I don't even think that, you know, financials aside, I don't even really think that works with your, with your style, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, Dude, I don't like if I'm being honest, though. if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to give you guys a heads up here. Like maybe in the next year or two, depending on the, on the, on the finances of my business, business comes first, but I might come down to like Elmer and like get an Airbnb right next to you, Austin, and live okay, there for well, a month and then come down to Kelowna. And if you have an extra bedroom, John, Hammer, I'll literally live you with you if you're do open that, to You do that all you want, my friend. And, <laughs> and hey, maybe I have a house. Maybe you stay with me. Eh? Maybe That's what I want to do. I just want to go. You know, I want to explore. I want to I want to hang out with John for like 30 days. Like, what would that be like? I want to hang out with you for 30 days. What would that Damn. be like? That would right? be really and, cool. And, and you know what? You see some sides of me you don't know for sure. No problem. Well, it, it is yeah. interesting, right? I mean, you know, there's kind of there's sort of, there's sort of like, uh, I don't like this this fantasy that I think that most people have, like, what would it be like to like, you know, if you had enough money or you, you know, uh, or you just had enough investment income of some sort um, that you could just sort of live anywhere you want. Right. Like, like the fact that, you know, I mean, and, and, and I, I mean, I'm curious to see how this changes over the next, you know, coming years, because being geographically tied to your income seems to be changing it seems like most people you know obviously there's there's physical labor okay but even that's changing to some degree in the sense that we might see more like of an artisan style right like where people will, will kind of like you, you always call you know there's a bad rap and we just call them fly by night but it would be interesting to see if there's like companies that prop up you know that specialize in in you know even businesses like Starbucks, right? Like in the, in the trades business, like, you know, if you work at Starbucks, you can go work at any Starbucks anywhere, right? You can transition, right? That exists. Really yeah. And my, my, my actual friend actually built an app called, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, man. but it's, it's a, it, that's the whole idea. It's an, it's an app where you just register as like a bricklayer. And then you just go mm. wherever that app kind of tells you, it's like, oh, we need a bricklayer for just this Saturday. And then he just goes, lays bricks there and then works for another yeah, exactly, company. Exactly. Right. Day. That already exists. But point being, even even in the Isn't industries that where you think, no. The, oh. So even in the industries though, where you think that you would have to be geographically tied, even those ties are getting broken, right? Uh, or or even just extended, right? So I'm I'm very curious to find out, uh, you know, how that shapes up, you know, because the primary residence is in demand so long as people are tied geographically to their income. Think about what the demand to primary residences would be, if. You know, because right now people are not buying, with, with, well, okay, I, I'm going to speak mostly for Kelowna, okay, but, you know, in a very broad generalization, okay, but take my, I'm, I'm biased because I'm in Kelowna. You're not typically buying these properties for the cash flow. There's very little cash flow left in these properties at this point. I mean, unless rents spike exponentially, the cash flow right now is effectively zero if you're actually accounting for proper capital expenditures on a, on a single family home, Okay. People are buying these properties it, 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 for investment reasons, at least through speculation of, of appreciation. Okay. Like as in they're going to buy this and someone at later date yeah. will buy it for more later. Okay. You're not doing it for the, you know, for the income. Okay. Well, what happens when the demand for homes ceases to exist because people no longer need to live in one spot, right? Like Amher, mm -hmm. you are someone who doesn't, does not increase the demand for homes. You do increase the demand for rentals though. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Apartment building. Yeah. And rentals are based on the income, not on the appreciation. Okay. Mm. There's not much speculation in, in rentals. Okay. It, it either generates the income sufficient to, to pay the bills or it does or doesn't. Right. Do you, do you get an adequate, adequate return? Right. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, I think that there could be a lot of shakeup in that, in that. There is a downside. I was at the airport and I got to the, you know, the, the agent where you have to slide the passport. They ask you a couple of questions. So she's like, Oh, where are you going? You know, what are you doing? And then she asked me, what do I do for work? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm a consultant. It's like, okay, what do you, what do you consult people? And I'm like, Oh, I like, I help contractors scale their business. And he's like, and she was like, okay, but like, where's your office? Or like, where do you work? It's like, Oh, I work with people across North America, like in Canada and the U S so she's like, okay, ask me, when's the last time you've been to the U S I don't remember that answer. When's the last, when did you book your ticket? I don't remember that. I just did it like, you know, so she's like, okay, follow me, sir. So I get escorted Shit to, folks. yeah, I got escorted to uh secondary You're randomly screen. selected or whatever. Yeah. I think she just saw my last name and then just made everything up, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, and then she, she, she walked me to this next room and I was interrogated by this bald American guy. And I had to explain to him my whole life story. I had to explain to him how my business worked. I had to explain to him the podcast and what, you know, what we did together. Cause I had I my think microphone. You had to. Yeah. I had my microphone. Hammer, I feel like you could have just said, Oh, I'm true, a house painter. No, 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 no. The microphone's a thing. No, but that I've would be flown, lying. John. I've flown with the microphone. Yo, do you remember when we flew to the West coast? Yeah. yeah I, I was know. the guys a problem. The microphone and they were like, Hey, it's like they'd never seen a microphone before. They're like, yeah, what is it, this? it was crazy. John, I actually like, had to explain myself or I would have been kicked out. And they were like, just been like, you're not allowed to fly. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. I, cause their main concern was that I, I was going to meet clients in Austin, Texas and make money here for business. That's their main concern. They could not fathom an idea. Somebody oh. working with a consultant, not face to face. So I had to explain what I did. They're like, who are you going with? What's the address? Who's living with you? What do they do? It was oh, pretty intense. Shit. It was pretty intense. Wait, so yeah. that's actually something you could get in trouble for is traveling to a business, traveling to a well, country you have to have to a work visa. Yeah. 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 See, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. that's what they were looking no, for. No, I'm I like, didn't no, even, no, no. I didn't even think of that. Me neither. Right. So here I am, you know, trying to explain my that's whole life insane. story. It's like, how'd you get into this? Like, and then, you know, I talked to my mom and she's like, well, also you got to remember, like, I'm very young too. So it's like, what's this guy traveling? And I only had $60 on me. Um, because I was planning to pick Dude, up money. You did not plan this, eh? Like I would have no, been no, in I the did. same situation. No, because no, 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 Austin, no, no. Texas has like TD. So I was, was going go to go to know T that. But B, I just mm. mean like you didn't plan how this was going to look. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. So um, mm. that was an interesting That was an interesting thing. But That's other than that, yeah, it's so much fun here, man. And uh, yeah, I'm having a fun. I, on the plane, I was uh, reading uh, Psycho Cybernetics. I was asking, did you guys read that book? No. no. I don't even know what it is. I want to. Um, let me read you the, the description because um, there was one thing when, I took how, a What year was this book released? Yeah, let me, get, let me tell you right now. Psycho-Cybernetics. Um, released 1960. Okay, Max I might actually read this. Yeah, Max, Maxwell Maltz. Okay. Okay, I will, I will look this up. You, and I this, this, this sounded like it was going to be like, uh, uh, what is M -U -L it? M-U-L-T-Z? So Psycho-Cybernetics. It's Psycho-Cybernetics. Maxwell Maltz, 1960. M-U-L-T-Z? Yeah. 
And it, the, the, the stuff that's talked about in this book is what Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, and Zig Ziglar have actually based their techniques on. So remember, John, when you were, so remember, John, when you were asking um, uh, uh, Justin, like, oh, why do you go to the source? You know, when he's reading like Plato and Aristotle, like, why not just read? Remember you asked that question? Do you remember that or no? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like going to the source of like, oh, well, what is what is the source of like the sort of help, self-help of that side of things? So it's really interesting. And um, there was one exercise that I did that it was like pretty awesome. And it's, it seems so simple, but it's like around your focus. So you guys know the recency bias, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and, and basically what, what it is, like for those who don't know, it's like you, your most recent experiences, we naturally give more weight to because they're just recent. It's what we remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing that I've just been going through over the past year is I've been going through, you know, I don't mind failure, but it's just not, not a lot of like really crazy, like milestones to, to hit. And so over time, the only experiences that I've been going through are like ones that were, I guess you could call like negative in a financial sense. And so there was an exercise that I did that I was like blown away by, which was like, just write down experiences you've had in the past where you achieved massive success and you felt like you were in your prime. And then just like the, the very act of that. And it's like, well, review these whenever you feel like demotivated or, or something like that to put yourself in the right mindset to not just be like, Oh, I'm not my failures. I'm not this bad day. You know, it doesn't make me who I am. And the reason I didn't really need this in a painting business, because like you can see success immediately. There's no delay. There's no like, Oh, you have to wait for Facebook has to get approved somebody to go in. It's like, Yes, there's delay and sort of like, okay, you knock on doors, you do an estimate, maybe you book the job and then you get later paid. But you, you saw wins along the way. You can see people face to face. You can understand why you didn't get that lead. You can understand why you didn't get that estimate. Um, and, and the recency can actually play into a positive feedback loop. So that was like a, a really great thing I took away from, from one of the chapters that I wanted to share because... Wow. Um, yeah, it, it was. So like, it takes it, it, really it cool. takes it one level deeper about like how psycho. Um, I guess that's a field. Psych- yeah. So here's an example. Here's an example. He talks about like plastic surgeons. He, he talks about plastic surgeons and how they experience this phenomenon of, of a patient that comes over, thinks they have they're ugly because they have a big nose. They fix their quote unquote big nose, and then the person becomes a totally different person. They're like much more happy, much more courageous much more attractive, much more charismatic. And then their life trajectory changes. But then there's other people who come to him for the same thing, ask for, you know, to reduce their nose. They don't feel beautiful. But after the surgery, they would say, oh, nothing really changed. I'm like, I'm the, you didn't, I, I don't think you even did the surgery correctly. Or uh, I don't feel more beautiful. And they, they keep getting stuck. Like, why is it that one person can have mm. a different view of the exact same mm. thing? One can change their life and one can feel like oh i need more surgery and some plastic surgeons would exploit that like oh maybe because of your jaw maybe we can work on that or maybe your lips that needs to be filling so he calls out those plastic surgeons and he says that on the other hand you have people who like you know would have a scar and instead of trying to surgically remove it they're like really proud of it because in their culture and their friends there's like it's like a battle scar it's like they're proud of it they're proud to wear it and 
some people would have to remove that scar to feel that while others would hold it. So it's like, why, why does that happen? Why do some people can go from one side to the next? Like, um, and, and one thing I'm really, really afraid of guys, like to be frank is I just simply don't want to be another statistic. I don't want to be one of those businesses that fails after three years. I just finished year one. I don't want to be one of those guys like, Oh, here we go. Here's another cocky guy from student works who did really well, thought he could do more, thought he can go into something else and completely failed. And then that will completely just drive me. Okay, now I get a sales job and then all my dreams and who I am and my integrity falls off. I just don't want to be mm-hmm. that guy. And it always starts in, in my perception of myself. And yeah. so I'm really active on like making sure I catch these things and obviously making sure that I'm doing the work on a day-to-day basis and putting in the hours. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not watching these things actively, my confidence levels stagnate up and down. I mean, why do they, why do they stagnate? Like, why does your confidence stagnate? Like when you focus on, like when you focus on, uh, the thought of failure. Yeah. So like- I'll, I'll explain to you. So I would put too much emphasis on like making a sale, for example. So let's say one of the things I need to optimize is my landing page to do that. I have to hold everything steady. I need to hold my, my images, my angles, my, the rest of my funnel steady, which means all these things will entropy together. And I'll have to go through a month where I lose 4,000 US dollars because I can't change any variable except the one I'm testing for. So throughout this whole month, I'd just be extremely discouraged. It would feel like there's no results and there would be very little sales calls. The sales calls that I do get on, if I'm not actively aware of myself and my thoughts and my beliefs, I would completely botch because I'm so attached to closing the deal. And then that can play into a negative feedback loop. We're like, oh man, I can't even close deals anymore. I got to rewrite my yeah, script. Yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, I got to change my script, but then I'm changing my script while I'm changing my landing page, which actually like ruins a lot of things because I'm testing different variables. And then my results actually start getting negative. So I'm like- Effectively, you're very attached. It seems like you're very attached to the outcome, Yeah. right? Like whether it be failure By or default. success, you're, yeah, but you're very attached. Like you, you really don't want to fail. Right. Like that's like, that seems to be like something that you, like, that comes up often on this podcast is that like, you, there's a, there's a, you know, a, I don't know if there's deeper shallower fears, but you have a deep fear that you could end up being, you know, what you would label as a statistic. Right. But do you think that it also works in the reverse that you're also very attached to like, you really like, cause there's the, I don't want to fail, but there's also that I really want to succeed as well. Right. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. So that's so are my you trying default. to address both angles of that? Or are you saying, no, yes. I just need to get, okay. I am. And that's, that's the thing. It's because like for every action is an equal opposite reaction. And by default, I get stuck in that mode and I need to be able to kind of change that. So that book just kind of, get, it, it's amazing. I, I would just I, read like the first 10 pages. You don't like it. Just you know, throw it away. Obviously um, the preview, you, you'll probably find. Like, did you feel like you were stuck in like a rut? Is that kind of. Um. I feel like I could be more effective. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like a hundred percent. Yeah. Austin, do you feel a hundred percent? Not even close. Jesus. Yeah. Me neither. I feel like I'm at like I'll tell you what though. I always, I'll tell you what. I look back in time to times where I felt like I was a hundred percent. And then I thought back, I'm like, during those times, I felt like I wasn't a hundred percent. Like, so I, I, do you think that you ever like are going to get to a stage where you're like, you know what? Like, I'll give you an example today. I, I'll just, I'll just explain my morning and I'll explain sort of 
where, you know, I'll, I'll tie it back in. So I woke up 530. I read for about an hour and 15. Okay. Went and got a massage from like 730 until about 845. Then I went for a five kilometer run. And then here's me sitting in the shower, like rinsing off. And at 10 o'clock I had to uh, call a bunch of leads and I really didn't want to call these leads. I had to, but I didn't want to. And it's like, if there ever was a fucking morning that you would be in the perfect mood <laughs> to know, call yeah. leads, it would, yeah. it would have been that morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's my I mind being totally like, John, dude, that. you could just call these leads tomorrow. There's not any urgency to call them today. You could uh, just call them tomorrow. And here's me sitting here like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Because <laughs> I, I guess I just kind of called myself up. Like, John, like if there ever was a fucking morning that you'd feel like it, wouldn't this be it? So like, maybe you should just give up on this idea that you're going to have this perfect feeling that you're just going to do it. And, um, and, and, and I got thinking and it's like, you know, it's so fascinating that, you know, so much of life, it's like, there's like a door in front of you. Okay. And there's a gatekeeper and you're like arguing with this gatekeeper of like, dude, let me through the fucking door. Right. And the gatekeeper is like, no, no, no. And they're not hearing any of it. Right. You bribe the gatekeeper, you argue with them. You fuck, you try and get a fight. They always win. And it's like, it's so interesting because it's like, all you have to do is just walk through the door and you're, and you're good to go. Right. And, and, and this, this, this is analogy for sort of like, there's always this like idea that I, you know, and I, and I, I'm going to be fully transparent here. I, this, this is very prevalent in my life where it's like, I always feel like, fuck, like, but like either, either one things will be more perfect in the future and I'll be happy. Or right now there's like these barriers, like, okay, I'm not feeling it right now. Or, um, yeah, it, just, it never feels like the perfect fucking moment. Right. But then magically you take your finger and you just move it in a downward direction and eventually it hits a screen and the screen starts projecting voices. And then guess what? You're doing you're now talking calls. to people yeah. and then you forget about it all. And then halfway through the calls, I'm like, fuck dude, I love this. I wish there was more people to call. I know. I know. And then my calls stop Crazy. and then I'm ambushed by another thing of like, Oh, there's like three hours to your next thing. What are you going to do? And then it's like reading, you know, it's like, so I feel like, I don't know. Is there ever a perfect time for anything? I don't know. Like the only time, even sex, like even, even the thing that like I just cherish beyond all belief. Okay. Even then it's like, is there ever really a perfect time? Like, I mean, like, like all day I'll think about how I want to have sex. Finally, the time comes down to it. I'm in bed with Trisha. I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of tired now. You know, <laughs> it's not even like, it's, you know, it's just not even, there's never a perfect time for even, even reading. I mean, reading is even one of the few things where in the morning, like I'm pretty spry, like I'm pretty excited to go get my book. Right. But even then there's like some days where I'm like, I don't know if I really want to read this morning. Right. Yeah. So what, I, what I'm talking to, cause I totally agree. Everything you said, hundred percent nailed it on the head. If you were to statistically lay out the, cause these, I would call these mini fights that you have with yourself. Should I call these leads? Should I pick up this book? You know, should I, should I go for that run? Those mini fights statistically, John, how many of them do you end up winning? I'm if I, I mean, if I was to like really sit down and think about it, I'd say probably half. You'd win half. Yeah, probably about half. So half the time you would just not make the call? That's a lot. Oh. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Half the time? Yeah. Like if I, like, I'll, I'll, one second, let me go grab my sheet. Oh, this is blowing me away, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me your rhythm thing. From 
Austin, what about you? How many of those fights do you lose? Oh, I shouldn't grab that piece of cake. I shouldn't drink tonight. I should probably. Well, like, I mean, just I'll, I'll be very door. transparent here, just because, like, obviously, oh, like, I'm not. If you're going like, across there's, there's, domains, I'd say I'm looking like, at your whole life. I'm looking at your whole life. Like, oh, I'll be transparent here because, like, obviously, like, I'm very comfortable with my success. So, like, you know, I'm like, if these are bad numbers, then great. I got a lot of improvement here. Okay. I'll read just uh, like, like reading, for example, here's the percentages reading is probably a pretty high one. Um, by the way, what I just so everyone can understand what I just went and got. Okay. I went and grabbed just a handful of what, uh, what Tr Tristan Range Rover Tristan, uh, and I, uh, we both do, uh, from the compound effect, which we both read probably about six years ago. Shout out by, to Alec Drury Singh. Yeah. By um, Darren Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll even do this. Um, the first five people that email me, um, no, I'll, no, no, I'll send no, no. you the, the first five people to join the Patreon will yeah, get. Yeah, 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 yeah. First five people to join the Patreon, I'll buy you the compound effect. So yeah. effectively, I'm reimbursing you. you know, no, no, the, the next five people to join our lower tier or the upper tier or any. Upper the next upper five tier. people, yeah, starting from this podcast on. So when, the, the date of this podcast being released onwards. I'll buy. Okay, point November being though, the weekly rhythm register. Yeah, yeah. So the weekly rhythm register is just, you basically just write down a bunch of things you want to track um, and and it can change over time. But anyway, and, and, and so you have a goal each week and then I how I do it as I do it as a percentage, like how much of my goal did I hit? So reading is pretty high. Like last week was hundred percent, then 80% the week before 91%, 100%. Wait, 90%. one second, John, one second. I need to know. So do you track this per sit down to pick up the book or do you No. Uh, what's hours, the measure here? Hours. Yeah. Good question. It's the hours, hours per week or hours, yeah. sorry, hours per day. How many hours, uh, hours per, day per week uh, per week? Okay. So, Oh, and then some days you might do eight, some days you might do zero, and then is you have it breaking well, down. Well, no, there's no days where I read eight hours right now. Okay, so what what's your goal per day? Because surely you can break this two. per week. Two okay, hours. so you, so you try to read for two hours per day. day. Yeah, on and average, so fourteen for the week. Yeah. So last last you said yesterday you hit hundred percent, or is it, are you are you speaking in weeks right now? Um, this is all weeks. Okay, yeah. so last week you did basically 100%. I'm, I'm fluctuating between ninety to ninety to over hundred percent each week. But whereas if you go to like leads called, seventy one percent, fifty percent, eighty five percent, that one's a hundred percent. That one's a hundred percent, fifty percent, and this one wasn't being tracked. But I yeah. hold on. So I started tracking it though. It's, it has been improving. But the reason why I started tracking it is because I noticed that you know. I was, sh I was shying away from calling like, cause it's, it's a fear of mine. Like I, I, which is actually so funny if you really think about it after seven years and you can only imagine how people I called, I'm terrified of picking up the phone and calling leads. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I don't like, it's like, I actually love just to clarify. I actually love calling leads. Like when I'm calling leads, I love it. It's the leading up to it. I just hate like the transition period. There's a yes. fear there for some reason, right? And so I find it fascinating. What if you could eliminate that fear? Do you think it's possible? Um, are, you, are you open to that possibility? Well, so I don't, yeah, I, I definitely think that I could. Yeah, and, and you know, that's why I started reading like, you know, Ryan Holiday's courage, you know, courage book is huge, right? Yeah. But I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could eliminate the fear per se, but I definitely think I could uh, eliminate the, like, like the fear response of not doing the action. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's an involuntary part there. Like there's like a lot of time, you know, there's many, I mean, as you can see the percentages, you know, ha, you know, there is, you know, typically more than half the time I'm ha, that fear arises and I still make the calls. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, go ahead. But I'm, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to change the involuntary. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So what I am testing is, can you change the involuntary? And the book that I'm reading, Psycho, Psycho Cybernetics, claims that you can. And I'm interested to discover if that's possible. Okay. So, well, but like, I mean, the implications can I chime are in pretty here? broad. Sure. I wanted to point out that I have the exact same reaction, John, or for similar to what you described. Oh, I think everyone does. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. at least, you know? Yeah. And, um, one thing that, and I'm, I haven't read this book, Emmer, so I'm curious to know how, <clears throat> how this fits in. Have you read the part where he describes how to change it? How to change the yeah, so Yeah, so one of the things... I don't want you to say the answer. I'm I just definitely won't. Yeah, okay, don't worry. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the things he talks about is like, what is an activity that is so important for your life to do, but you dread doing it? So he brings right. that up, and then he gives you an exercise <clears throat> where you get to deploy and do something where you actually reframe that activity and then you're excited to do it. Got it. Okay. I actually love that, by the way. I'm definitely buying this book. Yeah, the reframe is definitely um, a tactic I use. Like, so, and well, that, but that's the difficulty in it sometimes. So like times this year where if I don't make the calls, my guys run out of work and there's repercussions, obviously that's like, so that- that, that It just that unlocks a different of, part of your brain, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. So I have no problem making calls, right? Mm -hmm. During the middle of the summer where I'm booking like four months out, five months out to make all the, you know, to actually consistently hit all of my call, you know, make every single lead call every single day um, goes down dramatically, right? Yeah. So I actually wanted to point this out and it kind of plays into what you just said, John, about being busy and kind of being under the gun a little bit more. You kind of just unlock a different part of your brain, especially when it's for other people. Game speed. So, yeah. So there's two things that I realized in the past two years that changed for me. It didn't necessarily have to do with the fact that I was coaching people in addition to running my business. It just had to do with the fact that I had less time to run my business. And so on top of doing that and doing a master's degree this year, I had one calling session and one day of estimates per week for my own business. I had one four hour calling session on Tuesday nights and I had one full day of estimates that I would do six estimates every Saturday. So if I did not do my calling session on Tuesday, I literally would have $0 in sales. Like that's how full on my week was. Now, of course I could squeeze in one call here and one call there and one call there. But again, I'm putting together a half-assed Saturday. And the only way I could put together a good Saturday full of sales is if I put in the time on Tuesday. So because of that commitment schedule, I actually was able to just not be tempted by that reaction as much I found. And on top of that, um, I also took a step back from the business. My only responsibility was marketing sales, um, scheduling and ordering. So when you, when I took a step back, like I was really hands off with production. Like I was maybe on with the exception of Mark taking a two week break for his son being born this summer where I was managing production. I was maybe on, I'm going to say seven or eight job sites the whole year. Um, doing 570k in revenue so what changed for me is taking a step back is like i actually was less reliant like 
I had one, I, I had a more confined set of responsibilities. So I just had to do these four things and having a team with me to go accomplish that simultaneously made that dependency so much more obvious. It was less all on me. It was more like, you need to do this for them. There's like 16 people out there that are literally relying on you to go do this. This isn't just you, you know, you don't have to wake up at 6am and go to run to the paint store and start three crews and then go do your calls and then go, no, no, wake up, get your life together, you know, do your meetings, coach your, coach your other operators or who you're coaching in business, you know, do your, do your homework, do your academic responsibilities, make your calls for the business, which is one part of your life, right? Like it was almost perfectly compartmentalized there. So in addition to being really time crunched and having that configuration, I didn't find myself feeling that this much this year compared to year one and year two, where I was just running my business. And John, I know you still have that relationship with, with Jocelyn. Like you're not on job sites that much, if at all. Right. But like, if imagine what your, what your involuntary reaction would be if you took on, well, you bought another franchise, so that's going to take up a shit ton of your time. Right. But like, but like more things that would like actually be like, Oh, yeah, Ryan holidays talks that. about that. Right. Where he's like, you know, he's like, if you, if you do one thing, he said, you're not that busy. You do two things. You're not, you know, you're not that busy. You do three things. Uh, sorry. If you do one I thing, you're really busy. Really two things you're not challenged yeah. this year. I felt yeah, but he, more challenged than I've ever been. And I was yeah, like, just cause, really, just cause you had so many things, man, time. Like if I didn't have Miranda in my life, I literally would have been eating takeout every day. Do you feel like this was the most productive year of your life? Yes. Also. Yes. To answer your question. Yes. Like, did you hit all your goals this year? Yes. Well done. Wow. That's crazy. So like master's master's degree, I guess not quite, but you're almost defending. Well, actually I have my thesis defense date. It's on December 7th. So technically I accomplished it. I got it done. Wait, 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 you're not, you didn't pass it yet. So you know. I did, you're right. I could fail. I could fail. He's on pace. He's on pace. Yeah. 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 That was preemptive. I guess I didn't actually accomplish. And you also, I guess, a, I guess a big thing too, this year that you accomplished, um, which might actually, you know, kind of just completely fly on the radar is that um, you sort of addressed of like, what's next. Yeah. I was doing yeah, was meetings a huge in thing. June, June and July for, you know, onboarding and, you know, onboarding slash maybe one interview, but more casual. Like I was doing a lot since June, I was maybe meeting once every two weeks with Rydell. So, but that wasn't a huge time commitment or anything. But yeah. right now is really challenging because I'm leaving student works. I'm wrapping up my painting business and I'm just fully operational and running a roofing business. You know, hence why I've been rescheduling a lot of these podcasts. I'm sure you guys have noticed, like I'm requesting to reschedule a lot, you know, like I'm, I'm really being challenged. Like Sunday nights are no longer just free nights because I'm currently running two businesses and trying to wrap up my business. I mean, I'm no longer DMing people because all their businesses are shut down because they're back to school. So that kind of free. But there's also the time. learning curve of running a new business. For oh the first my God, time. dude, I just did a, in Ottawa, I just did a four day home show, you know, like I was there. Oh, so you're out there hours. with like, you know, yelling like a market, you know, dude, I, <laughs> oh dude, first of all, sidebar home shows are bangers post COVID. Like if you own a residential, if you own a home improvement company, 
of any kind, like not even home improvement. Like there's companies there that do like, you know, like Christmas light. And stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, like, like yeah. it's anything related to owning a home. Yeah, yeah. You need to go to a home show. These things are like raves. People are so excited to be in a large room to talk about their homes after COVID. Anyway, side note, back to this conversation. Yeah, um, no, interesting. I, I'm definitely excited to do the home show this February. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just like the leads are off the charts. Like people are I'm like, okay, get in four days. Actually, uh, I think well, I think Rydell as a company. No, no, no up, you, 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 you. Well, keep in mind that the, the home show was outside of my turf. So like the home show is in Ottawa. My turf is Gatineau. So like 20% of the people coming to the home show are Gatineau, right? Like, like the home show is 40 minutes outside of Gatineau. So people come to it's the a home right show. I got, how, how many people? So from personally, I got like, I got 10 leads that were A plus, probably going to lead to like three to five closed book jobs, like full on. In routes. four days? In four days. Yeah. But yeah. like Rydell as a, as a head office, probably I'm going to say... 80 to a hundred leads easily 20 to 30 jobs that like full, full eight point done in person, 10% committed appointment set up, like done deal. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So, so no, no, I think that's unreal for the, the home show pull, but back to this conversation, what I was trying to mention is that like my formula Amher, I don't, I don't, and, I'm, and I want to know what the book says, because if you ask Miranda, what the hell is Austin trying to do? She would say he's trying to keep himself busy enough so that he doesn't start going backwards. Like she actually, she actually said that to me recently. She was like, you know, cause she's also starting a new career and we're, we're finding it pretty challenging as a couple, you know, time management wise. And like for, for just managing our lives because someone who was like literally helping me manage my life is now starting a full-time career. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're just talking a lot about that recently. And I was just sharing with her that like, you know, my goal is to stay as busy as possible so that I just don't start moving backwards. Cause like, I know that's going to happen. Like even the fact that I stopped DMing people, like I'm no longer coaching eight people. Like I literally feel a void of like, I'm losing, I'm not exercising that muscle anymore. You know, like I'm not hopping on calls with Every Monday for the past two years, I was doing back to 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 back meetings with eight businesses to talk about, you know, like, and that's gone. Like, that's a huge void to fill, you know, like just mentally, not even time-wise. Yeah. Like, how am I going to stimulate myself to keep doing that? You know, and there's all these things that I'm trying to fill it with. And um, anyway, but just, but Amber, I want to know. My solution is to stay busy enough so that I don't have time. Like I'm not giving myself a chance. Like if I want to run a half a million dollar business, I need to do calls Tuesday, estimate Saturday, no choice. I don't give myself the room for that involuntary reaction we were talking about of feeling like I don't want to do the calls. Is that something that the book talks about? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because what if, this is just a what if, but like the idea is like, what if you just had your, your Tuesdays and Saturdays and got better results? Because you maybe it, it it happened. I ran the 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 largest and most proficient business I've ever run this year, only doing that. No, but what if you do less? Okay, you're at, well, 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 what I'm trying to say is, based on what I experienced this year, I would believe you to answer. Yeah. I would answer that question. I think it would be better to do yeah. less to, or yeah. to be more concise with my time, precise with my time. 
Yeah. Um, the, the, the main thing the book talks about is the, the self-image and how you perceive mm-hmm. yourself and how that's always changing. And this is why I brought this up, which is mm-hmm. throughout this whole year, and I'll be very transparent here, like throughout this whole year, my self-image has just like, it, it's just different from how I saw myself after accomplishing the different things, which is kind of a dangerous thing if I'm perceiving myself only based on the results, which, which was John was pointing out. And I'm aware of that. But it's like, there is a way to have more control over your self-image. Whereas if I, if I feel more introverted, not as confident, that can really like damage my business. What, what if I was able to- When you say to- self, sorry, when you say self-image, you're talking about like how you perceive yourself, you know, socially, economically, so on, or like, how would you mean by self-image? Everything. So it's like, oh, I am confident in a stage setting. Okay. The, the, like Do you that think belief- that your self-image was accurate? Like, like, you know, in that transition period from like, okay, I just finished running my student works business. Do you think you had a self, an accurate self-image at that point? Well, it doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. You don't Did think it matters. Self- you don't think, you don't think that how you perceive yourself to, to reality. What's actually, yeah. To reality is you don't think that, that that's important. Not if you're getting what you want. If you're telling me what you want is like a certain amount of income, a certain girlfriend and a certain free time per week. And you get that through your self image, then why does it matter? Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but like, sure. like I, I guess, I guess like the argument for like, what is, I guess the argument for like, okay, like how you perceive yourself Like, is it like a fake it to you make it argument? Like, I'm not really sh- like, I, I'll give you an example. Like if, if, if you thought you were extremely proficient in sales and you actually weren't, okay. You're saying that doesn't matter. I think that's like, I think that's a good thing. If you think you're really bad at, if you think you're really good at sales, but you're bad, when you go out to do sales, you're going to get negative results because the market's telling you you're bad at sales. But because you're so excited to be really good at sales and want to get good at sales and prove that belief right, you're going to actually go out of your way to go and learn why you weren't closing these deals, why all that. So wait, you think you so you think that by by having an inaccurate self-image, you'd actually be more inclined to learn than if you had an accurate one? Correct. Because here's the opposite. Let's say you thought it seems counterintuitive, but yeah. So let's say you're, you know, you were like myself, like when I was growing up, some of my teachers would say, Amr, you're bad at math. Okay. You're you're just bad at math. And like, oh, you should just avoid numbers. You're more of like a talker or whatever. If I believe that, what do you think my confirmation bias is going to be around math? I'm only going to really remember events of me being bad at math, of me failing tests. And then I'm just going to tell myself, but yeah, I am bad at math. Yeah, like you'll start is, telling yourself a story of like, hey, I'm just not this, right? I'm just not good at math. And like, Amber, yeah. why don't you just learn math? Oh, it's just not me. You know, okay, I, just, okay, but like, fair enough. But how do you think that would interact with someone who thought they were excellent at math, but they really weren't? You, like, were, how, how do you, like, so how do you think that would interact with like, 
Yeah. Like, well, there's not just like the, a yes or no. Like, it's not like a, oh, you're good or bad at math. Necessarily. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, I understand there's probably nuance to what we're talking yeah. about. Like, John, beyond, the answer, yeah. the answer is how, where's the feedback? If, if somebody, because this happens with celebrities, when they feel like they're being really, uh, having an amazing character and then doing really bad things, but they're surrounded with people who maybe block the bad feedback, then that's dangerous. If you're, if you think you're really good at math, but you're getting terrible grades, but you never see your grades, that's dangerous, but you're going to be seeing your grades. If you think you're amazing at math and you're failing tests, that's going to be like, oh, well, why did I fail? I'm, I'm good at math. I yeah, shouldn't fail. Amber, Let me go figure yeah, this out. I, I, so if you thought you were bad at something, but you were actually good, that's detrimental, right? Correct. Because If you yeah, thought you okay, weren't but, attractive, but you actually were attractive. And but, you, but, but thinking you're amazing at something or having like a very, let's say like a, um, you know, I don't know, like just basically overestimating your abilities or, you know, having a sense of grandiosity or, cause I mean, that's what it is. I mean, isn't grandiosity just uh, ex accentuated belief in oneself, right? Like, is that not what we're talking about here? Like, so I got to Google your the proponent. definition. If we're, if, if we're playing the, like the word game, I don't know. I have to like, look it up. Well, well, I'm not trying to play the word game. I'm trying to use the word grandiosity. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, but like, so you're an advocate for grandiosity. Like, I'm just, I'm just sort of confused on the, on the, sure. the, the misbelief in one's abilities. Like, I just, I don't understand how that, how that would benefit someone. Like, I, I, that's not true. I can understand ways in which it would benefit someone. I'm just, I'm just surprised to hear that you're an advocate for it. Kind of. What's the question? I don't I, think, I, guess I, got I, lost I think it. we're, I think we're getting a bit confused here, John. I think you're saying yeah, that, that's why I'm asking. Like, do you, okay. do you, do you, and I, cause I want to get this straight. So first of all, I don't think it's grandiosity. Um, cause the definition here, it says imposing in appearance, pretentiously being pompous and pretentious. Like, and it, and it well, even relates. Hold on. No, no. Just to clarify, that's exactly what we're talking about. Pretension is, is like making things appear one way when they're not. Yeah, but That's we're not exactly appearing, we're but about. we're not appearing to other people. It's just to yourself. Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose. But is that not like acting pretentious towards oneself? Like pretending that you're something that you're not? Yes. Sure. Yeah, but if, if someone was pretentious. Well, I, I, I didn't. I used the word grandiosity, right? So <laughs> thinking that someone it, like, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just surprised that like, that you're saying that that's beneficial, like that, that someone thinking that their abilities are greater than they actually are is, is like conducive to success. Well, it plays into confirmation bias. Like the best, I guess, here's a really good example. If, if you're, if you have a belief that you're amazing, an amazing speaker, that's going to give you a lot of confidence, right? That confidence can really loop back when you're actually in front of a stage, and that confidence can play into a good speech. Now, you may not have won the competition yeah. and you, you may have not had the best structure, but that confirmation bias of you saying, oh, I'm a great speaker. My mom always told me I'm a great speaker. Uh, and I remember cases of being a great speaker. That's going to give me confidence to be a great speaker. It's going to make me want to become an even better speaker. So I buy books about speaking. I join Toastmasters. I do all these speaking things. Yeah, but do you always? But do you really think that it's always a self fulfilling prophecy? Because I mean, I, 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 I'm starting to understand what you're saying. Like yes. you're saying that look, if you believe that you're bad at something, you're going to be bad at something. If you believe you're good at something, you'll be good at something. That's a, I mean, a, a very generalized way. Sure. Yeah. yeah like, thank you, you. Like, exactly. Yeah. 
But do you actually believe that plays out like that though? Like, do you really, cause I mean, isn't that basically the premise of the book, the secret, right? Where it's like, if you just think and believe you'll just become right. Is that not sort of. One of the first things that the, the psycho cybernetics talks about is, is positive thinking and how that's not what this is. I feel, I feel like, oh, okay. 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 Good. Okay. I was gonna say, yeah. I feel like we might rehash affirmations. <laughs> So affirm, affirmations, if you do them incorrectly, is just positive thinking, but, which so, is but, not but, effective. But thinking, thinking your abilities are greater than they actually are, is that not considered positive thinking? Um, if done incorrectly, then yeah. But there's a there's a way no. where you can do it actually correctly. Can I chime in here? Because you're, you're not just dealing with the conscious. You have to deal with the subconscious part. Positive thinking is like you're losing your job and then, and then your friend tells you, Hey, if you just say everything's going to turn out okay, it's going to turn out okay. That's delusion. That's dangerous. That's not what this is. That's positive thinking. That's not what the but book is about. That's not why I, I, I do that. I don't mean they keep you know keep nickeling it down, but 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 you would argue then that in that situation where that guy's losing his job, that he should actually not face that he shouldn't believe that he's bad at his job. He should actually be like, you know what? I'm actually amazing at my job of being wrongfully fired. Right. John, no. So I think I know that I'm cherry picking a little bit. No, 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 you're not. I I don't think that we're talking about the same thing. So, okay. So John, if I understand correctly, you're saying that when you tell yourself that you're good at something or better than you actually are at something that doesn't serve a purpose other than inflating well, like another example would be like someone no, who's no, I'm just, completely I, I out just of shape want to confirm who thinks they're saying. super in shape. That's not productive. Got it. I think yeah. that's, I agree with you I there. Agree. I think so. Yeah. So does Amber. Amber, you're saying if someone told John that he's bad at running a business and John believed them that he would actually be worse off. But, but does that not actually just further the point that it's important to have an accurate self-image? Like if someone walked up to the rock. No, no. Okay. No, John, you, but that's what you just said agrees with Amher because- Can I, can I agree this? It is, it is important to have a good self-image, which is why sometimes people can't- Hold on. Where did, where did I- did, I mean, because hold on. Something that I thought I heard was that thinking that, you're a, that your abilities are greater than they actually are is productive. No. no, that, that was I never said, said at any point. During no, that? I said it and I agree. It is productive if you do it correctly. No, because, what's the correct or incorrect not, way? No, because then you're, you're not trying to believe. Yeah. See, Austin, I think you're, I think, Austin, I think you're not trying you to believe that, that you I misheard better something. than you actually do. Amber. You're, you're trying to believe that what you do or you should, sorry, you're trying to believe that you, you shouldn't let other people tell you that you're good or bad at things you should remain objective about your own evaluation i yeah, mean that's part of it but i also agree to with explain John. something it's it doesn't follow the kiss simple a kiss principle in my in my opinion okay okay <laughs> well no it's, it's simply i agree with john what you just said john i agree which is in if you if done correctly if you actually have the right belief systems and you believe that you're better at something than you actually are it's going to be a net positive in your life because if you just believe that you're an amazing salesman and you're you're actually not closing any deals and you're blaming the world, but you have a strong belief that you're an amazing salesman, that's not how you do it properly. You need to also have a belief that you are amazing at getting feedback and that you are amazing at actually understanding how to perceive things and, and that you are more curious than ever to figure out how to improve yourself. 
it's like a combination of things that leads to this. Okay, so, I mean, I, I'll I'll suspend you know judgment for now. I mean, what, what was the what, let's continue yeah. on with the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So numerous patients have said to me something like the following: If you are talking about positive thinking, I've tried that before; it just doesn't work for me. However, a little questioning invariably brings out that these individuals have impl- have employed positive thinking or attempted to employ it either on particular external circumstances or in some particular habit or character defect. I will get that job. I will be more calm and relaxed in the future. This business venture will turn out right for me, etc. But they have never thought to change their thinking about the self that was to accomplish these things. Jesus warned us about the folly of putting a patch of new material on an old garment or of putting new wine into old bottles. Positive thinking cannot be used effectively as a patch or a crutch to the same old self-image. In fact, it is literally impossible to really think positively about a particular situation as long as you hold a negative concept of yourself. And numerous experiments have shown that once the concept of self is changed, other things consistent with the new concept of self are accomplished easily and without strain. Hmm. I mean, it's an interesting argument. Yeah. One of the earliest and most convincing experiments along this line was conducted by the late Prescott Leckie, one of the pioneers in the self-image psychology. Leckie conceived of the personality as a system of ideas, all of which must seem to be consistent with one another. Ideas that are inconsistent with the system are rejected and not believed, therefore not acted on. How long ago did you read this book? Um, I'm like a week into this. It seems like you're like really bought into to what he has, like into what he has to say. Here's how I read books. I, I buy into the book and at the end. <laughs> wait, wait, Austin, what's so funny about that? <laughs> no, just the way you said it. It was like, oh, how far in? Oh, well, I don't like know how you're reading. Well, no, but just, it's just the reason why I yeah. say that is because it's it seems like you've read this book and it seems like. Like it's a good book. You're like, damn, do you get a kick? No, I know that, but but it's just <laughs> dude, like it's what is there something like, wrong? I've read a lot of books. I don't know. No, I not no, I don't think so at all. No, no, I just I just I've read a lot of books. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily like I like put the clothes on and fucking, you know. <laughs> well, that's how I do it. When I try on something new, I like to yeah. completely suspend all my judgments. Completely suspend all my filters. No, I know, but it seems like you've sewn everything. the clothes the clothes into your skin. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't. No, no. Not, okay, well, first of all, guys, that. if I could maybe serve as the moderator here, because you guys have both served as my moderators before with each other, in multiple occasions. Um, I think that, Amber, the way that you're looking at this with the right person's belief system and skill set, that it can be a net positive. John, I also believe that if people like you and me, because I think we see eye to eye on this, if I walk around thinking that I'm better at something than I actually am, Amber, I can promise you myself, I ain't going to gain anything from that. And the reason being- I would love to compete against people who think they're better than they are. I would love to. If I could pick competition- I agree. Well, when I start walking around thinking that I'm really good at my job and I, what happens? Well, I stop trying to be better at what it's, I do. I don't know. To me, you know? it read sounds the book, like, and I don't know. Okay. 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 
I'll and like I said, it. just to me, it sounds like an like it's it's like a like a big billboard for ego. That's that's my big John. Feeling. I don't think sounds, you should read the book yeah. if you're gonna go. I don't know how you read book. Let me ask you this: Are you gonna read this book with a filter and you're gonna be judging everything? And or like I don't know how you read books. It depends like, on whether or not you believe that I would that I would allow myself to to have that bias. Okay, because <laughs> you know, because if if, if I don't if you believe so, exactly. I don't believe so. What I'm trying to say to you, John, is please give this a fair shot. You know, when you approach this book, just please do that. I know you will, but like, I just please do so. Okay. And yeah. How about and this? how I read books is I, I like to be extremely open minded, accept it as is, try it. As Darren Hardy said, do the the things in this book for 21 days, suspend disbelief. Then based Most on those people results, are open-minded to things that fit with what they want to hear, right? Yes. Confirmation bias. Yeah, I, I know it's a joke. I mean, I'm I'm saying that like, like, like would you would you uh, would you? I mean, is this accurate description that that you? That's why I was asking if you felt like you were in a rut. Do you feel like you were maybe like you, you felt like you weren't performing the way you want to for the last couple, you know, however long? You feel like maybe you've been lost at times. You feel like maybe, you know, you, you could be a better, stronger version of yourself. You feel like, you know, maybe you've made some wrong decisions at some points in, in the last, you know, little while. And you were looking for something that was going to then, oh, okay, I, I find this thing and it's going to, I'm just going to click, I'm going to click into place, right? Does that uh, at all fit any, at all? If clicking like you, into you place... If clicking into place made me more consistent, then yes, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, not no, I'm not looking for a magic pill or a shortcut. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Well, but no, but no one looking for magic pills says they're looking for magic pills because we all think that magic pills are ridiculous. Like no one, you know what I mean? Like no one buys the snake oil saying they're looking for snake oil. Like you know what I mean? Like that, like because otherwise you would never have bought the snake oil, right? Like every, like like no one who clicks on the email scam says they were looking for an email scam because otherwise obviously they wouldn't click on the email that's a scam right the okay. i mean obviously the lens that i'm looking on is that the moment you tell me like the moment you tell me that the source material for for tony robbins is this i'm thinking like damn dude like that's the wrong glacier to hike yeah but okay but but why like why you why do you have that judgment of tony robbins so quick like there's obviously a racket that not you have so on Tony quick, Robbins. not so quick, not so quick. Like it's not like it, it seems like it's quick. Dude, the moment the, I said in, in Tony Robbins, you went like this, bro. Well, that I mean, the, 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 my hands going up was quick, but my my formulation of that opinion was not quick. It didn't. It didn't oh, okay. Then I misread that. It wasn't like I didn't hear. It's like it's not like I never heard of Tony Robbins before this conversation. You said his name, and all of a sudden I just wrote him off. That's not. <laughs> that's not how okay, that okay. happened. I don't. Know if, if that's what you mean by quick, I don't know. It, okay. Okay. I don't, even, I don't know. I don't know if you like you know six years quick. Like I don't know you. <laughs> right. Um, like it, it seems like over the years my experience with Tony Robbins has mostly been met with people that have disappointing results in life. But could, can I just ask you a question? Could that be that, like, did you, is there a confirmation bias to just remember those people? Who, but no, but so here's, here's the interesting thing though. So like Corey McKinnon did Tony Robbins. So did James Fedick. They're extremely successful. Dude, absolutely. I'm not, uh, there's, there's, there's no doubting that. I mean, you know, like there's uh, uh, Chamberlain, the prime minister of England shook hand and, and not, I mean, this is a 
kind of actually a pretty egregious analogy here, but shook hands with Hitler and said the guy was had strong character. Okay, like I, mm. people make misjudgments. Okay, it's not. <laughs> there's no. I think this you know, comes yeah. back to the point of the book, though, Amber. Right? Because one of the points of the book is how do some people go through X and experience Y, while some people go through X and experience Z. Yeah. Right. Like. Well, just hear me out. Though. So what you're saying. I've. But like, here's the thing, like I find, I've always found this very interesting. The people that have a great experience with Tony Robbins, people who have a bad experience, okay, merely seems to be the people that hopped off the train, you know, like, so like I've met so many people, I mean, mean, Amber, even look at yourself. I mean, you know, the last, like the last time, my last Tony Robbins experience that, that, that I know that you've had, okay, was you coming on the podcast you know, which saying I'm going to do a million defense. dollars. I was delusional. Yeah, in your defense. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yes. Like I, but I don't walk away from Marcus Aurelius's meditations in a delusional state of, I'm going to do a million dollars. That's like, there's, there's mm. almost zero. There's almost I a zero percent. So yeah, against yeah. John's value. Yeah. yeah. I see it. So Amber, there's like a 0% chance of me reading meditations and me walking away, making a statement that is absolutely absurd. Like, it's just not a thing, right? Because you don't walk away from meditations with grandiosity, pretension. It doesn't happen. Oh, I, mean, I, I actually One of the things man. that he, no, Ammer, in the book, it literally says to live your life as if, you know, as if each day is the last without frenzy, without apathy, without pretense, right? Like that's like, there's not really any way of interpreting that as in, I'm going to go take over the world tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not like, that's not an outcome that's like on the spectrum, right? But, but- but it is a very high, I will let you speak, I promise, okay? Because this is important. This is like, this is the premise of my argument, okay? Um, that's on the menu when you listen to Tony Robbins. Like it is a very reliable outcome that people walk away from Tony Robbins on top of the world, super fucking jazzed up. I'm gonna fucking do a million dollars. Never happens with meditations. Do you walk away with <laughs> meditations like- Oh, we need to like in a calm clip. state, right? Got it. So, okay. First so of all, I'll let you talk. I'll let yeah. You talk. First, of, first of all, I love you because you gave me good faith there in that example. You you gave me good faith that I went into Tony Robbins with a rational, uh, like opinion of what I wanted to get out of. I'll be honest. I went to Tony Robbins looking for like a, a magic pill. So the filter yeah. that I had on was was one that was very ineffective. I was, Can I, I was just clarify, looking- the goodwill I was giving you was that when you made that statement, it was, you had literally just came up to the, like you, I think you, if I remember correctly, you were in the conference room, you walked up to your room, fucking clicked record. We were the first yeah, so people you spoke if, to. Right? If there yeah. ever was a time that any human was ever going to say something that was completely egregious, you know, as far as like how, like, you know, over the top, they were sure. in their goals. It's probably 30 minutes after listening to Tony Robbins for four, for four days. Yeah, It's not it's a, it's a, 30 minutes after reading meditations though. True, because it's just different content. <laughs> it's true. No, I, I actually know. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I actually yeah. know, I know some people, John, who would hold Marcus Aurelius and the meditations as, as reason to look down on people and to judge people and to feel superior. And they've entered that book with those lens 
to kind of they didn't read the first they did they didn't read book two chapter one which is literally the start of the book but that's what i'm saying to wake up each morning to week john let him talk wake up sorry i know but i mean come on i mean opening i know what you're saying wake up each morning and remind yourself okay that you're gonna meet people that are truly surely and to remind yourself that you're just like them okay um, not in blood, but that you see the share the same spirit of the, you know, of the universe. Yes. How the hell could you possibly interpret that any other way than you're just like them? <laughs> There's no looking down there, right? You've seen the, you've seen the beauty of the good, the, uh, the ugliest of evil, right? That we're supposed to Got work it. together, like two hands, like two feet, like two eyes. There's nowhere in there that you're interpreting looking down on people, right? I mean, I how agree. human advocates not raising, putting your hands John, on slaves. John, it's not slaves. his point. Let him talk. It's not well, his it, point. it was a pretty, sorry, I just took offense, I took offense to that. Yeah, that's fine. Because and I and I love that. And you, when you read, you maybe you don't have any lenses on. You don't have a filter. Some of these people that pick up a book, they're only retaining certain sentences and completely forgetting others due to confirmation bias. They're looking for things to support them. When I walked to Tony Robbins, I was only looking to motivate myself. I was feeling down. Mm. I, I needed some juice. So what do you think I came out? I came out with the juice. I started yelling. I was motivated. I didn't go there for a rational step-by-step. Okay. I, I wanted I'm somebody to, to tell your argument me. In, a, in a more respectable light. Basically what you're saying is, okay, like John, it's not fair to blame Tony Robbins because these people walked into it with the wrong lenses. Yes. And that's what I did. Yes. And some people pick up meditation. I mean, it's a very, it's a very generous argument to Mr. Robbins. That's for sure. I mean, but I, but I actually do think there's, there is a valid, a very valid point in there. Right. And I'm yeah. open to that. And the point I'm making is it all depends on the lens that you put on. Yeah. You can easily put. I would be very, all I'm saying is maybe, I don't know, but, but hold on, but what, like, I mean, how many people really walk into meditations with the lens of, I guess meditations can't really control that. I mean, I can see your point. I can see your point. Yeah, I know. I know one guy who ended up like beating his girlfriend and cheating on her and he would, and he did it because he was, called himself a stoic. And she came to me when, when I mentioned that I'm into stoicism, she's like, Oh, that garbage, my boyfriend, this and this and that. I'm like, why? And she was like, stated the argument that led to this beating where she asked him, Oh, Bob, let's call him Bob. Hey, Bob, like, would you be sad if I died? And he was like, no, you know, cause I'm, I'm a stoic, you know, emotions aren't really that high. And, you know, Marcus Aurelius talks about being, you know, sturdy and not let emotions to carry you. She's like, what do you mean? You're not going to be sad when I die? I guess you like, can, no. because my argument would be that's a gross interpretation. And you're saying, well, yeah, but this grandiosity, that's a gross misinterpretation of Tony Robbins, right? Is that, yeah. Thank you, sir. We have arrived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to read the book. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that the clarity of text certainly matters, but I mean, I, I'm not like, I'm not necessarily, you know, fully won over on that, on that. I, I still, I, st- I still think that it that, that it's a problem that needs to be addressed in society that, you know, there is a large segment of people that are looking for this magic formula. And yes, you know, the, obviously that's not, it's not a, you, know, you don't want to walk around with that lens, but I do also think that there's a, there's a pretty large segment of what's called the personal development world that preys on that magic pill mentality, right? It's a very large I agree. segment. Okay. I agree. And there's and, a large segment of yeah. plastic surgeons. And that this sounds like on- the glacier of, of that, like the stream that all of these guys are like bottling that water and like selling it to people. This seems like the glacier of that. Right. I can tell you, I want to put that in that bucket. I want to protect this book. I, I want to like defend it 
because it's it's not. You remember that grandiosity that you could take out? I gotta read this book. I I feel like I feel like I'm doing myself a disjustice uh, if I don't read this book at this point. Please, Thank I'm a hundred percent reading this book, and yeah. the reason being is that I am really looking forward to gaining more insight about the lenses and filters that I even view you guys with, or other people that I think I'm looking at for who they are and who I like and my friends and family you know, like I'm looking at everything through a filter of what I'm looking to get slash what I think they are. Like, regardless of if it's Tony Robbins or Marcus Aurelius, like John, I look at you with a filter on and I don't, I don't oh, even I know, know what filter yeah. is. I look at Amber with a filter on, you look at me with a filter on. Like, I, I want to know what that is. I want to get a little bit more present to that. That's what I'm getting from Amber's book. Yeah. Do you think the filter, but, but I, because there's a lot of things that like once like like we start using terms and then sure. it seems like the terms transition yeah. into like a period you don't like so like for example like the word discrimination has got the worst fucking rap yeah. right now but it's oh, just it's, it's like, very no, simple it just yeah, means even even almost. though discrimination is extremely important right and even me saying that most people are like what right but that's not a controversial <laughs> thing at all if you think about it for more than ten seconds yeah. right like yeah. clearly discriminate who you marry. Like you don't just marry the first person that comes, you discriminate, okay, against other individuals based on your criteria, right? So yeah. the filter that you have on other people, it's like, like you you would just want a more accurate filter of that person, right? Not necessarily eliminate the filter. You're right. You're right. Right. But it's, but, but when people say the word filter, I mean, maybe I'm hearing it wrong, but it seems like there seems to be like, I don't think it's impossible. Of like, I don't, be careful yeah. of the lens you wear. It's like, well, yeah, but you might you might want to wear lenses when the sun's out, right? Like, you know, there I don't is a think time it's possible to, to get on. rid of filters. You're right. What my main concern? Let's if we we'll use the the but the just filter. to be aware of them though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, if, yeah. if I was to give that in an example, the reason I brought up filters is because I'm so excited to have a conversation about this book with you, and I just want you to be aware of maybe the side it seems like you're taking already on this book that it's the glacier of all these tire pumpers like if you if you've already labeled that book i'm just afraid like we can't have a a conversation about just the pure content mm. and not your opinion of the content Does well in my defense if the conversation starts off with with and has led to tony like if again if we were talking about marcus <laughs> meditations we wouldn't nope. lead to tony robbins right that like that like that like that stream don't lead to him Right. Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius. It does not. No, like I mean, there might be like quoted. some like weird. It was. Dude, quoted. I know. I mean, yeah, because stoicism is hot. I'm saying like maybe like maybe someone you know took some water and tripped and it you know went down a drain and somehow ended up at Tony Robbins' house. But I'm saying you know if you're on the river of stoicism, you don't typically land at Tony Robbins' lake, right? Like you're, you you know I would say that the most likely people that you would link up with from if you were to just take it right from the beginning would probably be other ancient people okay so like socrates cicero um you know you might end up reading some general history but you're most likely okay the most likely landing spots now there's obviously downstreams from them but the i would say is ryan holiday robert green and tim ferris mm-hmm. i would say those are the three definitely no i mean like you know yeah. um yeah yeah allergens or there's a lot you know but i would say those are the three most likely if, if, if you were to say okay john you're a betting man pick three people that you know that they're a direct downstream in that are contemporary okay i would say those are the three most likely outcomes right 
who do you think the most three likely outcomes are for this book? Like, what's this, the glacier of like, what is this? Like, just out of curiosity, like if you told me, John, where does, you know, like, I'm just gonna pick a random book. Like there's no discrimination here. The, the house of Rothschild by Neil Ferguson. Okay. I would say, well, this is not a glacier book, but you would most likely be reading Ron Chernow, um, you know, uh, and um, Jared Diamond, if you're reading this book, right? It's just, you know, and maybe you might end up at Peter, uh, Peter Thiel, right? Like, who are the three people you think you'd be reading if you're reading that book? Uh, I would put Darren Hardy up there. Um, okay. I, I would, um... oh man, what was that other book? I would put Jordan Peterson up there as well. Those are the two that come, come to mind. Okay, super interesting, okay. Yes. I put Darren Hardy and, and Jordan Pearson. Yeah. Final answer. Locked in. Okay. Well, whack versus I, wise. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could do whack versus wise. I think this, I love a good Ammer John kind of like, <laughs> it, it, it's back to the, like the self affirmations growth. Right, like it's a similar road. It's a similar. Yeah, you guys self affirmation. Self affirmation and the not, wrong no. lens can be seen as positive thing. We're not going down it. We're just not Ooh. going down it. I, I choose Amber, to not even. Yeah. No, no, but that's but that's the sentence. Self affirmations in the wrong lens can be seen as positive thinking. It's, and that's. I mean, not what heroin I want. technically has some specific uses okay like oh. i mean <laughs> no read the book man read the book and let's discuss it if you read that book and you still hold the same opinion uh i would love that conversation i'm so looking forward but if you oh, read that true. book and i hope you'll be open to the other side i think that'll be pretty damn cool but yeah let's do what for his wife yeah Tell you what, I, I was very open to the other side i've been on the other side right i've seen how those guys I, live i, I oh, hope yeah, that no, if yeah. i hope that if like the world ends and we all get trapped somewhere and we're all like hiding out trying to survive that i'm with you guys so that like if we want to entertain ourselves like there's no wi-fi there's no anything no don't even say spark, it don't say it don't say i'm it, just don't gonna say. spark this debate about <laughs> and it's, it's just gonna be like literally this this conversation could literally go on for years i'm not years i'm not no kidding. no like i've seen i've seen you guys we've when I'm going here in Vancouver for a week last it year, it won't go on for years for like though. Three days. It won't. It, it remember, probably remember won't go on for John, years. Remember when we were in that Airbnb in Vancouver and John went marched into your room and got your book and you guys went through every single affirmation? It was like, it was so hilarious. And I was, you guys were just going round for round. Yeah, that, 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 that was fun. That was fun. Okay, let's do Wackers as Wise. Okay, so uh, was, was last week we had uh, Justin Broder on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I played a, I played a song that I thought was whack that turned out to be pretty damn good. So I gotta, I gotta recover by bringing out an extra whack song. Okay. Oh, so we're going. I love these. So this song. It's like where like the guys got like guns without the safety on around kids and like there's. Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of even worse. Like these guys are as they're recording the song are skit skitzing out off lean they drank so much cough syrup that you hear <laughs> that you hear the their fuck? reaction i didn't even know that was a term you can skits out like skits <laughs> you'll, you'll hear it it's in the song and it, yeah you'll love it oh how how is this 
man why so do this people is, do this this is up and coming song wait yo, give me screen share yeah, it's up and coming and uh yeah so there you go they, they, they've drank so much cough syrup that they're starting to have physical reactions that do not allow them to sing properly so <laughs> Right. Oh my God. So this is YNJ. And this is Elevator Music. Okay. Featuring Louis Ray and RMC Mike. Yeah. So this is a combination of some some people from Michigan, some people from around the area. So, you know, you'll, yeah, here we go. Um, The fire. We got grease. Wow. Come here, back. Let me fuck you on the elevator. Hit my bitch with my eyes closed. I'm a meditator. Oh, you talking about like you gonna meditate her? Okay. Bitch, I graduated from the streets. You a 11th grader. My new crib caught 2.5. You a sectionator. Make my bitch leave her old man. I'm a separator. Tim Millie hit his right lung. He need a respirator. Like, damn. That young nigga, I ain't tripping about it. Young dog think he MJ, I brought Pippin out. I see no bitch talking while I'm here, she said kill it, pop. Fuck my head up last week, I seen a real zombie. What's up, we young, bro? What, what, what we doing? Alright, we high, alright. This, we high, this dog shit. Closet full of too much. Kind of story he on. Always keep me up to date like a cordless phone. You get it, like, bones is up to date. Like, I got the iPhone, so I got a lot of shit to talk about. Nigga, story long. I be holding up a lot of weight like Corey Bones. You know, Corey Hogan. Oh, wow, no, I wanna know what's. It's actually a terrible song. Yeah, it's just, just terrible. What's even happening right now? Like, not even the lyrics. Like, you could put these lyrics over a better song and it would maybe seem a little bit better. But, like, yeah. I don't know. There's not a lot going on there. It was whack. So, the How balance, do you find these balance, songs? balance has been restored. Um, well, you know what happens? You know, you read Mark Hipshoy's meditations. You nowhere, you never. This is never a checkpoint. It is. <laughs> but, look, he says, if, "I'm a meditator." No, it's a different thing. It's a totally different thing. I'm a meditator. There you go. Uh... <laughs> Dude, so over the top. Like literally, all the ads even on this are just so fucking. This is crazy. Okay. Bitch throwing booty in the A. Bitch throwing booty in the club. She an ass shaker. If I smell a little booty or see crumbs, I'm a bear mace her. Hit her on my, yeah. Hit her on my California king. I'm a bed breaker. Try to hit her with my foot up or my foot up. I'm a leg breaker. (laughs) Bitch want to give me good neck. She a head chaser. She gonna put a dose of pussy on me too. She a med taker. Ha, shit. You get it? Like, she going to fuck me while I'm high. Bust you across your head with a bottle. I'm a bottle breaker. I had, a, I had to hit her in the head because she hit me in my eye. Damn, okay, that's what you did, Lou. What all right. I just hell? lied to my bitch because she all right. I just lied to my bitch, but got away because it sounded true. You know, I swear to God, I'm at the booth and it sounded true. I just put a bitch on the road. She might pull up with a friend. She got mileage too. And she got a good brain. She in college too. Okay. 
So this might actually be the, the funniest example or comparison that we've ever done because I'm going to read something that's pretty d- d- deep. Okay. So to everyone listening, please choose between what we just read Y-N-J and what John... Elevator music. So who is, who is YNJ going up against this week, John? Ray Dalio. Ray oh. Dalio. Oh. Oh. YNJ versus Ray Dalio. Now this I can't is wait to see. Uh, this is a very not a very long. This is two paragraphs. Okay, I think it's gonna um, be a and there's a lot to this. So I'm gonna read a little slow. If you don't understand it, I'm not gonna explain it either because it's this is like okay. Ray Dalio's best attempt at making this concise. So, sure. but it's it's I think it's important to understand. YNJ versus Ray Dalio. The first time that's okay. probably ever been said. By the way. <laughs> During yeah. During the upswing of the long-term debt cycle, lenders extend credit freely even as people become more indebted. That's because this the process is self-reinforcing on the upside. Rising spending generates rising incomes and rising net worths, which raises borrowers' capacities to borrow, which allows more buying and spending, etc. Mostly everyone is willing to take on more risk. Quite often, new types of financial intermediaries and new types of financial instruments develop that are outside the supervision and protection of regulatory authorities, cryptocurrencies. That puts them in a competitively attractive position to offer higher returns, take on more leverage, and make loans that have greater liquidity or credit risk. With credit plentiful, borrowers typically spend more than is sustainable, giving them the appearance of being prosperous In turn, lenders who are enjoying the good times are more complacent than they should be, but debts can't continue to rise faster than the money and income that is necessary to service them forever, so they're headed toward a debt problem. When the limits of debt growth relative to income growth are reached, the process works in the reverse. Asset prices fall, debtors have problems servicing their debts, and investors get scared and cautious, which leads them to sell or not roll over on their loans. This Mm -hmm. in turn leads to liquidity problems, which means that people cut back on their spending. And since one person's spending is another person's income, income begins to go down, which makes people even less credit worthy. Asset prices fall further, which squeezes the banks, while debt repayment continues to rise, making spending drop even further. The stock market crashes and social tensions rise along with the unemployment as credit and cash-starved companies reduce their expenses. The whole thing starts to feed on itself the other way, becoming a vicious, self-reinforcing contraction that's not easily corrected. Debt burdens have simply become too big and need to be reduced. Unlike in recessions, when monetary policies can be eased by lowering interest rates and increasing liquidity, which in turn increase the capacities and incentives to lend, interest rates simply cannot be uh, lowered any further. They are already at or near zero and liquidity slash money can't be increased by ordinary measures. This dynamic creates the long-term debt cycle. It has existed for as long as there has been credit going back to the Roman times. Even the Old Testament described the need to wipe out debt once every 50 years, which was called the year of Jubilee. Like most dramas, this one arises and transpires in ways that have already occurred throughout history. 
Ray Dalio with the dub. Mm. Yeah. I don't so know. We've basically... probably done like 70 of these. I think Wisdom is 70 and 0. I think. I don't know yeah. if we've ever... Probably not. There was we've one time... I, I want to say there was one time with... I don't know if it was with Tristan. Maybe that time, maybe. And there was one time that... Uh, I think you had a, a track from Kanye that was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, Kanye's go to... I don't but know John, just won, so I understand, but yeah, yeah, just so I understand, the best way to protect yourself from this is to not have cash, but have something like gold, silver, or real estate, commercial real estate. To protect yourself from what? This debt cycle and it reversing financially. I'm gonna try and explain in a very, you know, Homer Simpson esque way what Ray Dalio would say. Um, it depends on if the uh, the downturn is inflationary or deflationary. So if it's inflationary, mm-hmm. well, clearly you wouldn't want to own the currency that's being inflated, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, if it's deflationary, um, then you won't catch such a bad thing. Well, it wouldn't be, I mean, if prices were dropping and your buying power was increasing, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Now, interesting enough, um, depending on the type of debt and specifically the way it's structured, okay, uh, inflationary depressions are actually fantastic for debt holders. They're terrible for lenders. Mm. I'll give you an example. Like I have a car loan that's like 5% or something like that, okay? And I have it for the next like three years. Okay. Well, what happens if inflation over the next three years is 5% or more? Oh, yeah. What's the, what's the lender's real return? Zero. Exactly. Now, can they, rene- can they renegotiate that, that debt on the car loan? Um, Not on yeah. mine. Yeah, because the agreement's already done. It's already done. Right. Now, so this is where it gets really interesting. Do you think the, uh, the the car dealer cares? The car dealer? Yeah. No. Why? The bank. Because he's not doing the lending. What, do you think the bank even cares? Uh, no, because they're lending from the government. Because they secure it. They, they, they sec- it's called securitization. They take yeah. all of those loans and they put it into like a you know, like a, basically like a, you could, you could, it's, it's, it's basically car loan backed security. Okay. And they sell that to who? Another bank? No, they sell it to a consumer. Oh, the consumer. Like a retail customer, right? They sell it to you know, someone's buying that. Right. So you don't want to own the debt. If it's being, if, if, if the, if the currency that it's denominated in is being eroded away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. But if the money, if the monetary policy, if, if, if the buying power is increasing, okay, well then it's great to be a lender because you lent out at 6% and there's actually less money in the supply than when it began. So that now the, the, the currency you actually are getting paid back in is, is going a stronger to dollar value. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. which book is this from? This is from big debt crisis. It's actually not a, it's, I mean, you could say it's a book. It's more of like a, it's more of like a, a mixtape, like a college course. Okay. It's like, it's like a, it's like a sort of like a sleeve that has three books in it. One is about a hundred pages, which to put in perspective, I typically read about 
50 pages an hour or more. Okay. Depending on the, the size of the book. So roughly Jeez, 50 pages an hour. That's usually about a page, about a minute, just over a minute per page. Okay. Depending on how you know thick the book is, et cetera. Okay. Like Ryan Holiday's pages are reading in like 15 seconds because they're just so short, a small book. Right. It took me like 10 hours to read wow this and 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 for those people that you know haven't getting a lot of highlights it's because i was reading this book and it's a physical copy so I, you weren't getting any of these mm. that's what i actually had to go look up this quote um yeah sorry and least... it's yeah and then there's 48 um there's 48 case studies of different uh financial crises debt crises over the last like 2000 years or whatever it is and then there's also like three that are like detailed um overviews of uh the 2007 crash, the 1929 crash, and then um, uh, the Weimar, uh, I guess it would be Republic, I think it was, of Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he talks about all those crashes. Oh, yeah. But but like the book itself, though, is just talking, like it's just giving you the framework to then look through these case studies to the, I didn't bother looking through the case studies. I mean, that's way above my pay grade. Oh, my right? I don't God. even understand that. But it's an interesting point, though. I mean, there, there was kind of two, I mean, these are both extremely basic points, but like, I feel like they're so commonly overlooked. He was like, look, at, I mean, there's effectively, two, you know, there's been very, you know, in a very broad sense, there's been like two very large categories of people, those who own financial assets and those people who, uh, you know, don't. <laughs> okay. And it's, there's almost like never been a time where the, the latter has been richer than the former. Like it's, it's like if you, owning assets is always superior to renting them and like in the long run, always superior to renting them or yeah, just using them temporarily, like owning them and deriving that income is just supremely beneficial. Okay. Um, and the second thing is that it's extremely difficult to go broke if you don't have debt. Oh yeah. Right. Like no one's ever been like, damn, I, like I went broke because I had, I didn't, I didn't have enough debt. Like it's just not a, it's just not a thing. Like debt, you know, is, is bad in that sense. But on the flip side, it's also extremely difficult to get superbly rich without using debt. Mm -hmm. Right. Or in other words, leverage, right? Like using leverage, you can go broke using leverage. You can get really rich, right? Especially quickly. It's almost impossible to get rich quickly without leverage. Mm -hmm. I would say it's actually impossible effectively. I mean, I don't know how uh, you're many. looking for asymmetric returns, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there might be some extreme examples of someone like, you know, you know, you know, creating, creating some sort of absurd, you know, absurd painting or something like that that sold for, I don't know, something crazy like that. But, but um, yeah, I thought those were two like just super basic, really interesting points, you know? Yeah. Cool, man. Any right, closing thoughts, boys? I kind of enjoy this one. This was fine. Oh, this was good. This was good. I actually, I actually like when when Amber and I disagree. I know because I'm a disagreeable person. Do. It's I so much it. fun. It's entertaining. Um, all right, guys. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Peace. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.